Hello, welcome to the Monday, January 10th, 2022 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Last week, we had an interesting write-up by Renato about an attack tool that took advantage of MS Build in order to launch malicious code. Now, of course, this weekend, we have to follow up from Didier showing how to decrypt the Cobalt Strike Beacon that was deployed by this script. The hex encoding was slightly not standard. Some leading zeros were missing, so Didier had to adjust his script. But once that was done, he could apply his 1768.py script to extract the configuration. And of course, with that, everything you need, including the keys being used by Cobalt Strike. And remember when we talked about JNDI and Log4j, one of the comments was that, uh, hey, uh, JNDI is actually used in other contexts. It's not something that Log4j sort of uses exclusively. And it looks like we do see some other similar vulnerabilities pop up, most notably uh, this weekend, the H2 database, which is a lightweight Java database, the console that actually processes data that's being received by the database is susceptible to the JNDI issue, basically where you are able to execute code in the database by using JNDI. What makes it a little bit less severe than what happened with Log4j is that the console by default only listens on loopback. So uh, that makes it a little bit less severe. Also a little bit easier to find because uh, the attack would work against the database itself. So it wouldn't get uh, processed later on like with Log4j once the data is being logged, but as the data is being entered in the database and that makes it a little bit easier to sort of spot this vulnerability. Needless to say, this is probably just the first of many where uh, we do see these sort of unintended consequences of allowing JNDI within Java applications. And issues surrounding JNDI have been discussed in the Java community for years. Uh, so uh, yet another sort of incentive with Log4j and such to look for these vulnerabilities. And if you're using DNSpy in order uh, to debug or uh, decompile uh, .NET programs, well, better double check that you have the current and legitimate version. The program itself is open source, so no real incentive here for someone uh, to distribute it otherwise. But apparently there are a couple copies out there and uh, being offered rather prominently in part via search engine poisoning. And those versions of DNS Spy do deliver malicious code, including a code that will steal crypto coin wallets. Just like the original, the code is distributed via GitHub, so that makes it even a little bit more difficult to figure out what's real, what's not real. And Fin7, the group that's often doing more targeted attacks in order to gain access to financial information, has been added again and is sending out yet again USB sticks to victims. So the USB stick will arrive in the mail. Apparently there are at least two versions out there. One claims to be from the Department of Health and Human Resources, another one from Amazon. The first one offers apparently some COVID-related resources. The Amazon one does appear more like a gift package. Now, these USB 
these sticks are not normal memory sticks. They still have the branding of a company called LilyGo, which is sort of a Chinese OEM for various USB devices. Uh, the type of USB device, also often known as like rubber ducky or bad USB. But what it does is it emulates a keyboard. So when you're plugging it in to your computer, it will be allowed even if you do not allow USB storage devices because the computer thinks it's a keyboard. And then essentially a microcontroller within the USB device will send keystrokes or mouse movements to the system in order to launch malicious code. Like I said, it's not the first time that this happens. Uh, almost uh, close to two years ago, uh, Fin7 did a similar thing where they mailed out USB drives. I guess it was successful enough uh, for them to try it again. These are, again, a little bit more targeted attacks. Uh, in the past, they have often gone after, for example, hospitality, uh, hotels and such, and uh, restaurant chains where they then claimed to send uh, letters from customers who... Um, suffer from food poisoning and the like in order uh, to trick a victim into opening malicious uh, documents. Well, uh, this is now just sort of a further development of this scam. Well, and this is it for today. Thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.